Hey family, normally you know I jump right into the content, but first I really want to give a special shout out to my mother. 19 years ago, December 28th of the making of this video, I lost my mother. And one of the things I want to share with you family is the um, aptitude that I had to eventually develop to meaning to continue to push forward and to continue to strive forward and, and, and really believe in myself. And a lot of times, because today's video is really about first time project managers, or I should say project managers that are really in the uh, the cusp of leading their first project and all the fears and everything. And, and it, it really equated to something to me personally of just, you know, that loss of my mother and having the ability to uh, still get up and put one foot in front of the other. And it hasn't, even to, to this day, 19 years later, I still um, you know, get teared up and everything of that nature because of the importance and the impact and influence she had on over my life and in my life. And so today I'm going to challenge you guys to push you guys to who are new first time project managers or basically someone that is leading their first project ever. I hope that this really resonates with you. Otherwise, you know what we about to do. We're about to get to this content and get to work. So are you petrified at the thought of taking the reins of your first project. Listen, listen. You're not the only one stepping onto this roller coaster of emotion. I want to make sure we dive into your common fears you're facing and how to conquer them. Conquer them. Today's episode is entitled First Time Project Manager. Watch this before leading your first project again. First time project manager. Watch this before leading your first project. Hey, as I shared with you at the beginning of this, you know, I, I, I really wasn't just tr trying to evoke an emotional response from you. This is really honest and true. 19 years ago to this date was very uh, difficult date for me. And every day that I can get up and stand on the 28th of December and deliver uh, whatever that thing is that I said I was going after or that whatever that thing is I said I was going to accomplish. Today, it, it's it has to happen. And I know it sounds like I'm all over the place, but if you follow me closely and you pick up what I'm laying down, I promise you it'd be worth the ride. So if you don't know, I have an eight point framework in these eight points. I basically unpack things from a, from a concise, pragmatic way of, of doing things. So point number one, fear of failure. I like to call this the what ifs. You, you, you know that. Uh, well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? What if what if I get the project and I don't have nobody to mentor me or to work with me? What 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 if? You see, the what ifs of life has been the Achilles heel. Oh, you don't like that one. OK, watch this. The what ifs of life have been the crutches of people that don't want more out of life. OK, you don't probably like this. How about this one? The what ifs of life has not only blinded you from your potential, it has also taken away from what you could and can be in life. I say all that to say this, family, is, is that the fear of failing when you're leading your, pro, uh, your, pro, your first project is bound to happen. Hey, I can even tell you after your 30th project, you may fail. You know what? But it's the whole point of being able to embrace some of these ideologies of meticulous planning identifying how to be able to set achievable, again, set achievable goals. And uh, another tip is being able to find a mentor 
that can give you that guidance and give you the shortcuts. And when I say shortcuts, I am not talking about, uh, well, you, you take a shortcut to be average. I am talking about being able to work with that mentor to, for them to give you guidance on, Hey, this happened during the project. Do you have, did you, have you ever experienced that? What will be your consultation on, on doing that so I can move forward in that? And then also just being able to just to have the ability to know, Hey, it's not failing unless you give, unless you gave up. If you decided to give up and say, I'm done, I don't want to do this versus where the, pro the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the project sponsor saying, Hey, you know, we're going to close this out because this project is not going to be impactful enough, or it's not going to add the value that we thought we can have for this organization. So family, don't be afraid of the what ifs of life or what we call fear of failing. Hey, I really truly appreciate you watching today's episode, please. And I do mean, please, you are maybe sound like James Brown, baby, 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 please don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, I don't know what's stopping you. I'm, I'm not stopping you. So please hit that subscribe button um, and stay tuned as we drop these uh, videos on a frequent basis. Consistency, consistency over everything. Let's move on to point number two. Um, you're going to probably, you're probably going to be initially overwhelmed. Um, and what I mean by you're going to be overwhelmed because you're going to be thinking maybe you, you just got your PMP or you just got your CAPM or you don't have either one of those certifications. Maybe you were watching, you were watching this channel. You got excited about this thing that I love that I hope that you will fall in love with called project management. And you got an opportunity within your organization to lead a project. Well, let me explain something to you. Do not get overwhelmed. I know it's easier said than done, but being able to take the project and break it down into what we call bite size or smaller manageable tasks and creating a timeline with clear milestones. I see a lot of schedules and they don't have any miles. And, I, and I've seen a lot of schedules, excuse me, that I've noticed they will have a bunch of tasks and, and they won't really have a lot of milestones, you know, achievable wins, wins that you can say, yeah, we did it. We're on to the next one. They just have a whole bunch of tasks and once those tasks are done, then there's a whole bunch of stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't make it bite-sized. It doesn't make it man, uh, manageable. So use tools. I mean, I've used tools from Trillo to Asana uh, to organize these tasks and deadlines because they were useful. Always say, family, when you are, if you're becoming a project manager or if you're already one, building your toolbox is going to be essential uh, to you as well. Point number three, decision versus choice making under pressure. Ooh, I like that. Decision versus choice making under pressure. Let me see the reason why. Let me see one more time. It just sounded good. Decision making versus choice making under pressure. Why, why I keep saying that? Because a lot of people make choices. Mm -hmm. Like, like you chose to, I want to go after my PMP, but you didn't make a decision. And if you've ever watched me, you know, I'm about to unpack this, huh? You know, it. see, when you make a decision, you cut off everything else. There is no other option. It's not, it's not a loosey goosey or it's not like a, I'll try and be there type, type uh, ideology coming from your mouth. It, it's it meaning that you've made the decision that today um, I'm going to start preparing to take the PMP exam or today I'm going to start preparing to, to take the CAPM exam. And what does that look like? All right, let me build out a plan of so I can attack what that particular thing looks like. But when you do not make it, when you, uh, uh, when you do not make the uh, 
the, don't take the opportunity to make a decision and you're trying to gather all the information and you're doing all the, and you're just not making a decision because of the fear of the very first one of failure, the fear of, well, what if I make this decision if it goes and it goes wrong? That's why, again, I'm gonna, you're going to keep hearing me say the, this key word, being able to engage with mentors or, or people that have been in this field for a while uh, could give you some feedback and consultation on saying, hey, if you decide to do that, this is probably what the potential impact and it's, it's teaching you how to think within these projects. And if you're somebody that's a life learner, you must be because you're watching today's episode. It really shows me that finding a mentor will be able to help you and making better decisions. And then when you're in that op in, the, in that situation where you have to make that decision on the spot and you've got the necessary information, you won't have no problems in making that uh, decision. Point number four, I, I get this a lot, imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, I kind of struggle with that. Imposter uh, syndrome, what does that mean? Um, well, you don't believe, you, you haven't built enough confidence uh, in yourself through the learnings uh, that you uh, experience, meaning that you're like, I, I just don't have the experience for that. And I, you know, I did this over here and I did that. And, and I'm, you know, they may not even look, you know, but these people don't report to me, so they're not going to trust me. Cut it, cut it, cut it. We've all been there. And if a project manager who, who, uh, who's been in this field for a while, if they said that they never felt the imposter syndrome uh, when they first started leading projects, they're not being truthful with you. I've experienced it myself because it's, it's just the thing of you're, you, after a while you get accustomed to it because you know a project is a temporary endeavor which has a what? Beginning and end date. So you're going to have projects where you may not have all the information you're not supposed to. Because if, it, if that, that doesn't make it a project, so being able to be uncomfortable while being comfortable is going to be your foundation to beating this thing they call imposter syndrome. I'll also tell you, family, you know, project management is so similar to your, to your personal life that if you really sat back and looked at how it really correlates, and I'm going to give you an example instead of giving you some theories. Meaning, let's say, for instance, you wanted to go to the grocery store. Instead of going to the grocery store and, and picking out your items there right on the spot, you say, I'm going to put together a list of items that I know that I'm going to need at the grocery store. Uh, I'm going to put together a budget of how much I'm looking to spend. I'm not looking to spend over uh, this uh, amount of money. Um, basically, the time I plan on going. Uh, what's in, in scope for this particular, I mean, what's, what's in scope? Meaning, hey, what's in scope is basically whatever is on this list, anything outside of that, we will not be making a purchase because that, that is not um, relevant, relevant to what we're doing here. And that's the thing, family. Um, right there, we are building our project plan. And, and that's why I said, family, it's, it's, it's so similar to, this is why I love project management, because of the correlation between what you do day to day and within project management. It's just really putting those foundational principles and understanding the jargon um, and the discipline that goes in with leading a project. So why, get rid of the imposter syndrome. And the way you get uh, rid of it is continually to step up and, and uh, take and lead projects. Point number five, time management. Listen, as a project manager, you're going to have 
uh, when you're leading your foot, you're going to have really ups and downs. I like to call them uh, spikes and dips. Ooh, I like that. I just, I really do like that. Let me tell you why I like that. A spike meaning going up. So you may be at a point where you may be working, you know, nine, 10. It, it depends on what the project is. I, you know, project is you, you, be, you may be dedicating so much time in the beginning of getting the project up and running and now the project is up and running and now you're managing, you're leading, excuse me, the project. And then all of a sudden you get a dip and this dip is where the, uh, I like to call it where you put it on cruise control. Oh, you don't know what cruise control is? See, cruise control for me is when you take your foot off the gas and but it's still going at the same rate in the same speed that you set the cruise control at, meaning that if you set the cruise control at 70, it will not go down unless you hit the brakes. OK, and that's what happens, family, when you're leading a project and you get it in that cruise control mode. Yes, there's things you need to be ensure that you are keeping up with and making sure that everybody is doing what they said they were going to do or, or as I like to say, that they were committed to doing and not interested in doing and holding them accountable if they don't meet this commitment. And so you're going to have to have the ability to understand how do I uh, prioritize these tasks on the basis of urgency and importance? And then how do I also learn to delegate? Now, listen, a lot of project managers, we struggle with the delegation things. We we will go in and, try, and not, and I don't want to use try, but we'll go and do everything around the project that we can. But it's really important that we do delegate because that is a value of leadership. And you want to be able to help the next uh, people that may be interested in project manager or interested in the project that you're doing. You have to have that ability to delegate. Point number six, meeting expectations expectations. Listen, I know that sounds really straightforward meeting, but seriously, the ability again to have the ability to be able to set realistic goals and communicate them clearly and be open to discussing project scope and the necessary adjustments. I, I, that's another thing that really frustrates me uh, when I first started off where, you know, there would be start stakeholders on the project that would make great recommendation. At this time, I was like a project coordinator. And so I was like, man, these are some great ideas. Won't we implement a project manager? was like, no, we need to stay the course and we need to, and this, and, and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's probably not going to be here too much longer. And unfortunately he wasn't. And it wasn't really a shot at him. It was that the way that he was coached and trained is like, we don't de deviate the goal plating, scope creeping, you know, and which again, these are true, but you have to understand when something is failing and your team is telling you, hey, if you don't turn left or if you don't turn right, you're going to run into a brick wall and they're trying to say it politically and then eventually they just come out and say, hey, listen, if you're not going to do what, you know, if you're not going to take our consultation, we put together the, the paperwork so we can create a change, uh, change management. So we can go through the change management process to update the scope, to update the time and budget. If you don't want to do this, fine. We're, we're, we don't want to work with you. And I've seen that. <laughs> it's just crazy too, by the way. But anyway, family, being able to discuss the project scope and just basically the triple constraints and hear, hear what your stakeholders are saying. Because remember, they're always going to be much, much closer to it than to the project than you will ever be. Point number seven. This is huge for me. I'm actually thinking of writing a book around, around this, which is team dynamics. Listen, as a project manager, I've heard this cliche and it's so true. Your net worth is in your network. 
Literally, that is that's probably what I should have called this. But it it, it is so true. Your net your your um your net worth will be in your network. Meaning, you're gonna work with people, and you have to be able to build trust in a short amount of time with them to let them know, hey, I got your back, and being able to willing to go fight for them when they can't go and have those difficult uh, conversations because. Um, and it depends on what type of project. If you're leading a project on the, you know, where it has ex executive, uh, you know, view, or I should say, has an exec executive, um, you know, someone from the executive team is on your project or really involved, you have to have the courage to be able to speak and articulate yourself and explain the reason why if you need to go in a different direction or you need more resources or you need, you need to be able to do that because your team is not always, your team is going to be able to back you up with the facts, but you have to be someone that can be able to sell it. That's why, again, oh, sorry about that, family. That's why, again, I got this uh, credit, wrote this book because I believe the, uh, the book is called The Magnetic Project Managers, who doesn't know. I truly believe to be an amazing project manager, you have to be magnetic. You have to have some charisma about yourself. You have to be. Uh, to, and again, these are subjective. Someone else may disagree, which is fine. I, I don't mind that. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that you have people that are reporting to you that are not your direct reports. How do you keep them engaged? How do you uh, make sure that everyone understands that you are the one that's leading this and collectively you guys are collaborating together to ensure the best for them and that the final thing, if, and then if, uh, if you don't remember anything from this video, this is gonna be huge for Team Dynamics, that you create a, you, you display not just by uh, talking about it, but making a commitment of being a servant leader, meaning you're putting the team before yourself. You, you know, I love, that's why I love Simon Sinek's book about uh, leaders. Uh, I think leaders are the last ones to eat or something like that because of the fact that when you are leading, you are going to be the last one to eat. And it should be that way because your team is doing all the work. All you're doing is making sure that you're steering the ship and you're staying on course. So remember those, that key fact. The last and final thing, and again, in the book, I always I talk about this too in the communication uh, communication challenges. So point number eight is communication challenges. Hey, listen, you need to be clear, concise, and consistent. I'm gonna call it my three C's: clear, consistent, and concise. You can mix them up however you want to be. And also the last and final thing is being transparent. Do not be afraid to be transparent because what you don't want to happen is for you to know something and not speak up about it because of the fear of re retaliation. I would rather take that retaliation than not, not, not really using my ability to articulate versus, you know, if, if I don't take the time to articulate up and if the message is not getting to the person, uh, you, you got to keep going up because as a as a project manager, it is your responsibility and accountability to hold the ethics of a code of ethics, as well as the accountability to the to your project sponsor to deliver again, family, I hope. Today's episode really um, helped some of my new project managers that are out there. We are coming into 2024. And, you know, you may be looking for a career change if you follow these points. And also, family, I got some amazing news that are going to be coming at the top of, uh, of next month of January of 2024. Be on the lookout. I know people have been asking me, hey, dude, where can I get some uh, CAPM materials and PMP materials? 
I'm, I'm going to be the guy to deliver it to you because I've made all the mistakes. And so I want you to be able to learn from me so you don't have to make the same mistakes that I made along in my journey. I, you're probably like, well, why would he do that? Is because I love this thing that I hope that you will fall in love with called project management. Until next time, I'm your boy ED. I'm out.